I mean, happy yeah. birthday! Okay, that was a thing. Thank it was, you. It's her birthday. Yes. Oh well, it's not her birthday. But yes, yes. We weren't supposed weekend. to talk yet, Riley. We haven't introduced you. This is Riley with us. <laughs> it's a special birthday episode for me. So Amber and I are still here, but we've got an extra addition, which is our friend Riley. Hi. That was beautiful. Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, Welcome back to Justifiable! I think this is episode six. Yeah, you're right. Yeah! I'm right. (laughs) Okay, so I thought that for today we'd go one of us, Riley, and then the second, so that you know what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. So who wants to go first? I'll go first, because birthday girl has to go last. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't think that that's how that works, but I mean, save the best for last. Goddamn, trying to give a compliment. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the face you just made. Hey, we'll leave you All alone. Right. So mine's about John Brennan Crutchley, also known as the Vampire Rapist. Yay. Woo. woo. <laughs> um, no, he was born in October 1st, 1946, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. His family was pretty well off, and as a child, he really didn't have any friends because he preferred to spend his time inside tinkering with electronics in their basement. Well, at least he wasn't, like, you know, kept away from friends. He chose not to be with them. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But, I mean, with- Is that not the truth? Like, that's what you just said. <laughs> I feel like because he, like, isolated himself, I don't think it was a choice. I think it's just- Oh, okay. I don't know. He was just weird, so he chose to be on his own instead of get bullied? I mean, he was pretty ugly, too. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sad <laughs> days. Honest, right. But the tinkering, like, with the electronics actually paid off during high school because he would repair and rebuild radios and stereo systems for money. That's awesome. So, like, he wasn't friends with anybody, but he's like, if you pay me, I'll fix your shit. Basically. All right. So, in 1970, he eventually graduated from Ohio Defiance College with a bachelor's degree in physics and a master's degree in engineering from Georgia Washington University in Washington, D.C., Um, But before then, he had married his first wife in 1969, but by the time he graduated, his marriage was basically already over. Well. So within a year, he kind of fucked that up. As most people do. (laughs) In the mid-70s, he had already divorced her and remarried. Um, 1977, he had a girlfriend, which is really weird because he had a wife and kid at that point. Oh. (laughs) A 25-year-old secretary, Deborah Fitzjohn, um, had disappeared. Totally thought you were going to say Fitzgerald. Me too. <laughs> I almost said that too. Um, basically, he had... That's how every episode goes, Riley. I hope you know this. Basically. No. So what had happened is she had disappeared, and the last place she was seen was his little mobile home in, like, buttfuck nowhere. And they suspected him because he was the last to see her alive, but he was released due to a lack of evidence even after her skeletal remains were found in October the next year, like near his near his little condo place, little mobile home. Is it a mobile home or a condo it's, place? It's a mobile home. Okay. I feel like I had to clarify just for myself, <laughs> just so that I knew. I meant to say like his little house, but it just came out really weird. Instead, it was his condominium. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Leave me alone. I don't want to. It sucks. So, in late November 1985, da, 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 da. so in Malbar, Florida, a naked teenage girl 
handcuffed with her wrists and her ankles, was found crawling on the side of the road. Crawling. Crawling. Alive. Like, yeah. She okay. was alive. Okay. Um, so once she's picked up, she's like begged the driver, like, please don't take me back to that house. And he's like, well, what, what the fuck? What house is it? And she's like, keep in mind this house when we pass it. So they drove past the house. He kind of took note. Then he took her home and called the police. Um, the police took her. You don't her... call the police first? Apparently not. What? <laughs> I think that he like stayed at the house and like called the police for her. Yeah, but still, you find somebody on the side of the road, you don't just go, you know, that's handcuffed and, you know, crawling, and you go, oh, okay, where's your house? You go, I'm going to call the police, now where's your home? Right. So they took her to the hospital, and they determined she was missing 40 to 45% of her blood. And she had marks of, like... How was she alive? <laughs> right. They had She had uh, ligature marks of, like, being choked. Okay, side note right now. Uh, so, well, side story, not note. Uh, my grandfather's in the hospital right now, and his, uh, like, the other person in his room is this older man that, like, uh, so he's been in the hospital for, like, three days that I've been there, and he, this dude has had a nosebleed con- consistently. Like, he's been losing blood, and they just, like, have him hooked to blood, and I'm like, what is, what is wrong? Like, everybody seems so calm about this guy just continuously bleeding from his nose, and I'm like, okay, th- this works, I guess, but the nurses are all like, you know, don't get up by yourself, you'll be lightheaded, and you'll pass out, because you're losing a lot of blood all the time, and I'm like, what, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> okay, sorry, side story, <laughs> go ahead. All right, so basically... What had happened was she had gone hiking and she was kind of hitchhiking as well because she needed to get to a certain place. That's very true. Don't do this. And Crutchley picked her up saying, yeah, I'll take you where you want to go. Let me stop by my house first, get a few things. Um, She's like, yeah, sure. Gets in his little truck. They go to his house and he's like, come on in. And she's like, no, thanks. I'm good. And she's in the back seat and he gets pissed off. He's like, like, come in my house. And she's like, no, what the fuck? So he the climbs same. in the back seat oh. and chokes her until she's unconscious. Oh, okay. And so she wakes up and she's tied to the kitchen countertop, like her arms and How legs do you do like that? are unable to move. So there's probably like something he's probably has it rigged up something I don't know, but oh, okay. she's basically immobile. Okay, yeah, that's that's the main point. She's immobile. Yeah, and there's like lights set up and a camera. And he raped her and then videotaped it. And Riley's giving the best face. You know, you can react, right? Like, verbally, you can react because people can't see you. I don't know what to, like, what to say or just how to just verbally react. Yeah, make like, comments. I usually just go, oh, God, really? But while still recording, he had put needles, like, into her arm and no. her wrist. And was like just no. extracting no. blood from her, no. and began no. going into like a monologue of like I'm a vampire, like drinking her Wait, blood. He said he was a vampire. Yeah, he's what like a weirdo. I'm a, he's like I'm a vampire. That's why I'm like drinking your blood. It gives me nourishment. Whatever. It the doesn't. Fuck. But okay. Actually, did you know that you can like die from drinking other people's blood? Like that's not good yeah, for you. Don't drink people's blood. Okay. Side but. note, guys. Don't don't drink people's blood. Don't do it. You're not it's a not vampire. Okay. Yeah. I promise. You don't go in the sunlight. And, like, if you are, burn. I mean, why are you watching this channel? Why why are you listening in? You're like eight thousand years old. Why? You've got better things to do with your life. <laughs> Maybe they're really bored. They've been alive for eight thousand years. That's that's a lot of I time mean, to try to try fix everything. Cancer. Like, what are you doing, you bum? You're sitting in being like, dead. That sucks. 
Yeah, I mean, they could always try and find, find cures or something for, like, deficiencies. Yeah, but what if they're just an asshole and they're just like, no, I'm going to create all the diseases. <laughs> okay. Bring back the bubonic plague. Plagues. Plagues for everybody. <laughs> um, but no, he had then, like, handcuffed her, picked her up, took her, put her in the bathtub, raped her again. Wait, okay, again? Again. Oh. Withdrew more blood from her, drank it left, came back, did it a third time. How much can you drink? Like, I don't know. How did he not die? That's a good question. <laughs> but he... Maybe then, he took supplements, too. Yeah. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. He then left, and before he left, he's like, if you try to leave, my brother will kill you. And then he just left, and she's like, I call bullshit, and pushes the bathroom window out, climbs out, and, like, crawls to the highway. How the fuck can she do that? She's missing, like, half a body's worth of blood. Right? But yeah, she's missing almost 50% of her blood, and she's like, I'm not doing this shit. So she basically leaves, crawls to the road, crawls alongside the road until she gets picked up, and the doctors say that if she had stayed and had one more extraction, she would have died. Because she would have been missing over half of her body, like, her blood at that point. And the body she was crawling. So she much. probably couldn't walk. Very true. So after they were found, like, she was found and picked up, and they went back to the house. At, like, 2.30 in the morning, they arrest him and do a search warrant through the house. Because his wife and, like, child are away on, like, Thanksgiving holiday. So this is all happening, like, during Thanksgiving. Um, so the videotape was partially erased. So there was no evidence of her rape, of him sticking needles in her, besides, like, what was physically on her body. But they could have been, like, the, she self, like, did self-drugs self or drugs, that kind of yeah. thing. Self-harm, um, I don't and know. And then the first search, they found a thick stack of credit cards and, like, hidden woman, like, a stack of hidden woman necklaces, like, in the closet, like, hidden away, like, in a box. And they're like, he's got a wife, it doesn't matter. That's so fun. they didn't confiscate any of it. That sounds more like keepsakes, like what yeah, a lot of killers yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. And a thick stack of credit cards. That, like, didn't belong to anybody in the house, but they're like, whatever. They didn't take any of it. Oh. And so FBI profiler wrestler said, you know, crutchy, like crutchly? Crutchy. 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 <laughs> no, it said crutchly had most certainly killed before, but he was never prosecuted for it because of his girlfriend- as well as all of the necklaces and the credit cards. Um, and he was like, do a second search. Like, come on, guys. And they had found 72 3x5 index cards with women's names and descriptions of their sexual performances during, like, the rape. That's weird. That's and really weird and, and so them, not cool. Some like, of them, like, they couldn't get a hold of and they think they might be dead. And some of them were actually, like, still alive and were like, he went past being kinky. He was, like, borderline, like, just rape. Wait, so, he, like, he, did he pay for them no. or, like, date them at some point? I think he... Like, he kidnapped them and they just didn't tell anybody? Basically. Well, that's dumb. And then his wife... Okay. What about, like... I, I feel like I actually need to change that. That's not dumb. If you, like, are raped, you should tell somebody because that person can do it again to somebody else. Uh, but on a non-serious note, that was dumb. Basically. But when they talk to his wife about it, like, about the blood, and they're like, are you okay? Is your kid okay? She basically was just like, that's just him being kinky. Like, it's just a kinky It is case. not. She, like, made no comment about, like, the girl. She's like, he's just kinky like that. Do you not question, like, I, 
I wonder if, you know, she questioned his mental sanity at all because, like, was he just running around the house going, like, I'm a vampire. Love me. I'm a vampire. And that's what you wonder, like, what goes on at home? Like, is she okay with this? Does she let him drink her blood? Is the kid okay? Does she believe he's a vampire or does she think that he thinks that it's not real or something like that. Or if it's just a kink of his to be a vampire, quote unquote. I think he thinks he's a vampire because he's dumb. (laughs) Maybe she thought it was like role play for like him or something. So she just like let it go. Yeah. And like some people are okay with like uh, non-exclusive relationships as Mm -hmm. long as they're still tied. So like that might have been part of like why she didn't care. Maybe she's like like, he likes drinking other people's blood because it's kinky. Okay. Well, because then my thought is that, you know, what what would you do if you like you know found this guy you start dating him you know you get in a relationship and then he's like i'm a vampire I you don't leave. question if that's a kink or if he believes that he's a vampire like that's weird leave. i'd be like if this is not some like just like phase bullshit i'm leaving <laughs> Because if you're if you're gonna sit there and we're gonna be eighty and you're gonna be like I'm a vampire, uh, I'm gonna be like you look like you're dying. You're blah, gonna turn blah, into blah. ash. I'm a vampire. Blah, 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 blah. I don't say blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> but when asked about it, Crutchley said that he was introduced to blood in 1970 by a nurse for a sexual ritual. Oh. And I'm like, for one, why are you talking to a nurse that way? <laughs> well, you're in the hospital like a broken leg. I want sex. <laughs> and she's like, I could just, you know, fondle you with your own blood. And he's like, perhaps. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the start of everything. Um, I love that my window is open in my house so anybody that walks by can just hear what we're talking about. <laughs> it's great. Um, so he was convicted 25 to life. But he was released not even, like, two years later. Oh. He was released in 1996 on August 8th, then arrested for violating his patrol for smoking marijuana. Parole, you mean? Yeah, I said parole. You said patrol? Yeah. Well, you know what? He violated the patrol of the officers who were watching him on parole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Leave me the fuck alone. I know what I'm saying. No, but he basically went back to jail because he smoked a joint because he was nervous about his trial date coming up about his parole. Oh, okay. And that was like three days later. Three days after he was released, that's when he got arrested again for pot. Well, <laughs> I'm a vampire. Let me smoke my weed. Let me smoke my weed. It's not I, garlic, I need I this in my life. Someone puts garlic in it. <laughs> Starts burning. Or like in the trial, they're like, "Did you realize we analyzed this and it has garlic in it?" And he's just like, Bleh! all of a sudden, like it did, it did nothing, and then he's like, "Ugh, garlic!" I'm burning. No, uh, it's finally reached my system. After years. <laughs> after years later. Ah. Uh. So then, I want to say eight years later, um, March thirtieth, two thousand two, he died in prison. He he was found with a plastic bag over his head, and everybody's like, oh, so he died of asphyxiation. And the morgue was like, no, it's autoerotic asphyxiation. He did it to himself while masturbating. Oh. He had choked himself with a plastic bag while masturbating and died because of it. I mean, honestly, is that not deserving? I mean, like... I feel like that's some bullshit. If you're gonna go out, go out doing some weird shit that you love. I feel like (laughs) even if it's kinky asphyxiation. Yeah, just... (laughs) I feel like he did weird shit all of his life, and that's how that went. Like, I just want to think that he was like, I'm almost there, I'm 
<laughs> and then he just didn't died. even get released. Yeah. No. That's what you get. I can't deal with it. I can't. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna drink your blood, but I mean, you, you escaped anyway, so it doesn't matter. But... They believe that he's killed definitely several times before this, including his girlfriend, but he was only convicted for a failed kidnapping and, like, the rape. It wasn't a failed kim- kidnapping. It was she a left. failed attempted murder. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Because he, he successfully grabbed her and left. <laughs> I guess it was a failed completed kidnapping where she, <laughs> she didn't, she left. She's just like, I like the fact that they say it like she just walked out. She was just like, by leaving. But no, she crawled out of a window. Well, yeah. And I'm just like, that had to take forever to actually, like, break that window. And now it's Riley's turn. Riley! Yay. (laughs) I I was going to write this down, but I said screw it. It's okay that you didn't. Sometimes we don't either. (laughs) Okay. All right. My (laughs) killer I have is... uh, Dorothy Puente. Is she the uh, first woman serial killer we've done on this so far? No. No, I remember it. Did you do Cotton. One? Marianne mm-hmm. Cotton. You're the second. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> fine. That's not I was The second out that. of six. I think you're doing well. <laughs> uh, she was born uh, Dorothy Gray, uh, January 9th, 1929, in Redlands, California. Uh, her mother and her father died whenever she was eight and nine. Goddamn. Uh, her father of tuberculosis, her mother of a car accident. And then oh, she great. Was, <laughs> and then she was sent to an orphanage. Oh, oh double great. Yeah. That's always that's a recipe how, for disaster. I was going to make the shitty joke that that's how serial killers are made, but there's a lot of good people in orphanages, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's not. It's okay. In uh, 1945, she was married for the first time at 16 Jesus. to Fred McFall. Fred McFall? Yeah. <laughs> Did he like fall a lot? Shit. <laughs> Ranger, what are you eating? Sounds Ranger. Like everything in McDonald's during the fall. It's just like fall, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just so the audience knows, we're right now squished on a couch recording from my phone. So you guys need to speak the fuck up. Oh my god, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Not really. She had two daughters with him between 46 and 48, and uh, she let she sent one to uh, live with relatives in Sacramento, and the other one she set up for adoption. Uh, she oh, got pregnant. What? Why? She didn't want them. That's why. No. She didn't want them. <laughs> she got pregnant Twice. again in 48, uh, but suffered a miscarriage. Uh, her husband left her. Just tie your tubes. <laughs> Goddamn, you don't want any of them. <laughs> her husband left her later that year. Uh, she was sent- sentenced to a year in jail for four four gene checks and paroled after six months. Uh, not long after that, she was impregnated by a man she barely knew. Oh. And gave birth barely. to a do- daughter who she also set up for adoption. God damn it, tie your tubes. <laughs> in, Get on birth control, something. <laughs> in 58, she married uh, Axel Johnson and had a, for- a turbulent 14-year uh, marriage. In the 60s... She was arrested for owning and managing a brothel and was oh. sentenced to 90 days in Sacramento 90 City. 90 days? Yeah. You get 90, 90 days. days for whoring women out, do you slut? Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, you have a shitty marriage, so I'm just going to whore out all of these people for money. <laughs> like, oh. uh, it works, I guess, till you get arrested. Yeah. For 90 days. It didn't matter. 90 days without business, man. <laughs> uh, in the Sacramento County Jail. And then after her release, she was arrested again for uh, vagrancy, pretty much uh, homelessness. 
and sentenced to another 90 days. It's like I knew you could be arrested for homelessness, but really, she was side arrested note. for homelessness? I want to do side story real quick. So you guys know Lily from school, right? Lily. Like, the one who Red never... Hair? She never wore, like, pants that fit her? Yes, I do know. Riley, I know you know who I'm talking about. Sneed? Hannah's cousin? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. She got arrested. For what? Being homeless and faking her identity. Oh. Is that why we haven't seen her in, like, two years? No, that's because she dropped out of school um, and then did drugs with a bunch of people way older than her because I don't know why. And, like, her hair is all short and she's, like, super scrawny and got, like, track marks all over her. And then she, there's a mug shot, I'll have to show you guys later, of, <laughs> good to know, Sorry. we get to see that later. Yeah, but no, she uh, was arrested for basically like sleeping on the side of the road and then faking her identity when she was caught. Great. So, update on that life. You can totally put your legs on me, I don't care. Yeah. Hold that. <coughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks. That that was I fun information. I just wanted to side note yeah. because we were talking about homelessness. Uh, that's, like, pretty much after that was, like, one of her criminal career started up a bit more. Uh, kind of. <laughs> uh, something that's, I guess, a tell is that she had found work as a nurse's aide for mm-hmm. caring, like, disabled and elderly people. That's shitty. And then not long after, uh, she started managing boarding homes. Uh, boarding she- homes or... Boarding homes. Boarding. It sounded like, yeah, (laughs) I agree with Amber. It sounded like you said something completely different. I was like, wait. (laughs) It's like, she had divorced Johnson in uh, 66 and uh, married Robert Puente and a a man who's 19 years her junior. I want to say that she marries people with the weirdest names, like (laughs) Axel, McFall, Puente. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's just... She's got a thing for odd names, I guess. Yeah. That marriage had lasted two years, and then uh, she had taken a three-story, 16-bedroom care home at 20... <laughs> at 2100 F Street in Sacramento not long after that. Somebody lives there. Unless <laughs> you want to bet somebody lives there now. And then she, I'm pretty sure it does, or at least it's open for, like, uh, visits or whatever. Yeah, and then... Uh, then she had uh, rented a upstairs apartment at 1426 F Street. Uh, she got married a fourth time in 76 to Pedro Montalvo, who was a violent Weird alcoholic. Names. Weird names. <laughs> and then that marriage lasted a few months. <laughs> a few months? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, damn. <laughs> and then she started to spend time in local bars to pick up older men who had, like, who were receiving benefits. How, so she oh, would, like, how old is she? Like... <laughs> I, I, I was She's gonna on, do like, the math, her fifth marriage at this it's point. Okay. Like six <laughs> kids later, all of them not alive anymore. It's like she had done that to like forge their signatures and steal their money. Oh and then she was charged with thirty four counts of treasury fraud and she received probation for that. And her reputation in the F Street boarding home was like mixed. Some people loved her, some people hated her. The people who hated her it was just like uh her steeniness and they would like complain that she wouldn't give them their mail or their money and then the people who loved her like really liked it for her small acts of kindness and her like home cooked meals it was like yes and no (laughs) her home cooked meals of poison (laughs) 
how she killed it. It's like most of her motives were like, well, her motives in general were for like financial and please estimate that like her that was income. M- that was my other, that was the one I did too. Marianne Cotton killed people for income. <laughs> Wasn't it because she would just marry people and then they would die suddenly of something? Her her children uh, and uh, their children and the husband would die of what they thought was like gastria fever or something like that. Uh, which has the same symptoms as arsenic poisoning. So she would actually poison them. Yeah. And then she'd, like, take all their insurance money. Hmm. It's like the police had estimated that, like, her total income, in quotes, mind you, <laughs> that was totaled more than 5000 per month. Oh, that's awesome. Go <laughs> you. That's not bad at all. The murders uh, began shortly after she had rented out the uh, space in home 1426 on F Street. Uh, April 82, in April 82, uh, 16, uh, she started up, uh, one of her friends, 16 year old, uh, so sorry, this is making me a little nervous. No, 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 you're good. You're, good. you're fine. Okay. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing. I'll tell yeah. you right now, like, yeah. you're doing really well. Uh, her f- friend and business partner, uh, Ruth Monroe began living with her in her upstairs apartment, but she had soon died o- to an overdose of... Codocaine and uh, anseptophen? Can I see? Anseptophen? Where is this? Right here. Died of codeine and acetaminophen. Acetaminophen. Okay. Acetaminophen. Acetaminophen? Okay, well, we all know Basically, it's like a strong ibuprofen. Oh, awesome. She died of an overdose of ibuprofen and painkillers, basically. You can do that. Yeah, I know. That's what she did. That's what codeine is. Yeah, but I mean, like, just ibuprofen, you can die over that. Yeah, but that's... You have to take, like... Over a hundred well, ibuprofen so, to die. Another side story. Uh, <laughs> my dad's girlfriend Rebecca was in the military, and she was a medic. And so people would want to like get off on leave or to get like uh, different benefits. So they'd like attempt suicide, but they would do it with what they thought wouldn't kill them, which was ibuprofen. But the thing with that is that ibuprofen slowly kills you by shutting down your organs. It doesn't like immediately kill you. So even if you, like, overdose, it's still not going to do anything. You're just going to slowly shut down your organs for the next, like, two years. That's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, so don't don't attempt suicide on ibuprofen. It's it, not good it for you. It won't do much, I promise. Fuente <laughs> had told the police that uh, her friend had had uh, was depressed because of her terminally ill husband. They had believed her and ruled, ruled it as a suicide. Oh, great. Yeah. A few weeks later, the police were back because a 47-year-old uh, pensioner named Malcolm McKenzie uh, accused Puente of drugging and stealing from him. She had, was convicted of three charges of theft August 18th, 82, and sentenced to five years in jail, where she began corresponding with uh, seven, 77-year-old or, uh, Everson Gilmouth. <laughs> they started a, these names though they started a pin pal friendship and whenever she was released uh three years after her sentence uh he had picked her up in a 1980 ford pickup a red one that's kind of an important detail okay <laughs> and it's like soon like their relationship like really developed and they started talking about wedding plans and they oh. opened a joint bank account and paid a six hundred a month rent for the upstairs apartment at the fourteen twenty six F Street. Uh, in eighty five, she hired a handyman named uh, Ismel Ismel Flores to install some wood 
wood paneling in her apartment. For his labor, an additional 800 gave him the red 1980 Ford pickup in good condition, which she stated belonged to her boyfriend in L.A. who no longer needed it. Mm-hmm. She had asked Florence to build a box six feet by three feet by two feet. This sounds like a coffin. <laughs> yeah, to store books and other items in quotations. <laughs> I, I had, call bullshit. I call coffin. Dead bodies. <laughs> like, like one. She then asked Florence to transport the filled and nailed shut box it's to a storage depot. <laughs> it's bodies. Uh, he agreed and Puente joined him. On the way, however, she had him to stop while they were, like, uh, about halfway or so, and dump the box on a riverbank in an unofficial household dumping site. Oh, you don't want these books anymore? Oh, okay. She I'll told just him, take them for myself. It's bodies. <laughs> she told him the contents were just, like, household junk and stuff. But there's no <laughs> point in dumping it. On uh, January 1st, 86, a fisherman had spotted the box, and... Investigators found it badly decomposed bo- and unidentifiable, uh, unidentifiable body <laughs> with, of an elderly man inside. She can, it. Yeah. Puente <laughs> continued to collect uh, Gil Mouse's pension and wrote letters to his family explaining that the reason he had not contacted them was because he was ill. She maintained a room and board business, t- taking in 40 new tenants, uh, and Gil Mouse's body remained unidentified for three years. Oh, damn. Jesus Christ. Yeah. She continued to accept elderly tenants and was popular with the local workers because she accepted tough cases, and that included, like, drug addicts and abusive tenants. <laughs> and then she would collect their monthly mail before they saw it and paid them uh, stipends, pocketing the rest for expenses. So that's... not sure what that is. I should look that up. Do you want me to... <laughs> what is it called? Uh, st- stipends? Uh, S-T-I-P-E-N-D-S. But during this period, parole agents went and visited Puente, who had been ordered to stay away from the elderly and refrain from handling government checks. Oh. (laughs) A minimum of 15 times at the residence. Oh. And then no violations were ever noted. Oh! What? Okay. Don't even know how, but... (laughs) Oh, Suspicions were first aroused whenever, like, uh... When neighbors noticed odd activities of a homeless alcoholic named Chief <laughs> that she had started to adopt and oh. made her personal handyman. Uh, she had Chief dig in the basement and cart soil and rubbish away in a wheelbarrow. And at the time, the basement was covered with concrete slab. Mm-hmm. He, uh, Chief later took down a garage in the backyard and installed new fresh concrete slab as there. And soon after that, he had disappeared. Oh. Well, then. <laughs> November, like, on November 11th, 1988, police inquired the d- disappearance of tenant Alberto Montoya, a del- developmentally disabled man. That's what Montoya. I thought, too. <laughs> <laughs> you killed my father. Prepare to die. A disabled man with schizophrenia whose social, oh. whose social worker had, report, had reported missing. And after noticing disturbed soil on the property, they uncovered the body of Lena, Lena Carper, uh, one of the tenants. And then seven bodies were eventually found. Oh. And Puente was charged with a total of nine murders, convicted of three, and sentenced to two life sentences. It's like that one dude that I had that 
basically he was sentenced to like over like a thousand seven hundred years in prison and he served like three. Oh. During the initial investigation, she was not immediately a suspect. So she was allowed to leave the property to like buy a cup of coffee from a nearby hotel. Right after she had done that, she fled to LA and she befriended an elderly pensioner she met in a bar. The pensioner, however, (laughs) had uh, recognized her from police reports and called the authorities. God damn it. Change your hair, people. (laughs) Fuck up your face. Do drugs. Something. Make yourself look different. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Just talking to this one guy, police report. I'm trying to help you find your spot. (laughs) Pointe. Well, is her last name Pointe at that point? Um, I think it's probably pronounced point, but that's fine. I mean, it's pointy. (laughs) (laughs) Pointy. I mean, she kept from, like, one of her husbands, but, like, after that, there was still uh, Montalvo. So, I mean, if she wanted to take his name, she could have, but... I'm Russian. I don't understand what you're saying. (laughs) Speaks that in perfect English. I don't know what else I need to say. I don't know. Did it happen after she got caught? Or she they called uh, the police? Uh, she was convicted of three of the murders, uh, though the jury could not agree on the six. Well, on the other six. Uh, oh. After, like, like, eventually the jury was deadlocked to seven to five for life. And the judge declared it a mistrial whenever the jury said that, like, any deliberations would not change their mind. So, like, uh... She had really received life without possibility of parole. And for the rest of her life, she maintained her innocence, insisting that all of the tenants had died of natural causes. I just buried them. <laughs> they died of natural things. Yeah. I just buried them and hid the bodies. That I mean, was it. If you get, I don't know. If I bury you underground and you die, I'm pretty sure that's a natural response to being buried underground. Yeah, but that's murder. <laughs> I didn't know you were in the hole that I was digging. Whoa! <laughs> there's a body there. My box of books. I don't understand. Oh, you're telling me there's no books in that box? Well, what was in it? What? <laughs> oh, that must have been the other box. My bad. We were playing a game of hide and seek. I wondered why it was so heavy. I didn't know when I nailed the top of it shut. <laughs> I didn't hear any screaming. He must have already passed out. Lack of oxygen, I guess. Oops. Like, I had what? originally heard of uh, Dorothy on uh, Ghost Adventures, and I think in... If I were say Ghostbusters, <laughs> I, I, I was going to be real concerned because I don't remember that part. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure she had, like, poisoned most of them. I and then uh, I think there was one. You don't want to admit that on our, <laughs> on our podcast. I mean, like I said, that was too quiet. Maybe they won't hear it. <laughs> Amber know. poisons people. <laughs> it was either in that house or um, for giving me confusing away. it with a different house. That yeah. Apparently there is a room where on the floor there's this uh, spot are- that they the stain that can't that they can't like uh, clean out. Oh. That happens when you let blood sit there for too long. Okay, is it my turn? Is yeah. it my turn? Yes, it's my turn. Okay, so I think mine's going to trump both of yours. Okay, Just saying. I, side note, I was originally going to do this story, but she's like, no, I know so okay. much about it already. No, no, no. no. Blah, blah, blah. Shut, shut up. <laughs> I took it because I knew about it, and I didn't want to be told a story that I already know, and I know that it's a great story, so I wanted to be she able to tell it to it. both of you. 
She secretly wanted to judge me while I was saying it. No, I didn't want to. That's why I took it from you. <laughs> She's going to be like, I'll make you look like a fool if you don't let me do it. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> so we have a theme again that was unintentional. I am doing the Vampire of Sacramento. Which was in both. I'm a vampire and she's from Sacramento. Yep. So the dude's name is Richard Chase. And (laughs) why must you like make weird noises in the background while I'm doing mine? I don't know. (laughs) My attention span's gotten shorter. Shut up. Okay, so Richard Chase was showing signs of mental illness at a young age. He suffered physical abuse from his father and became dependent on alcohol in his childhood, making a habit. Born? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Making (laughs) (laughs) making a habit of starting fires and mutilating animals. I like that. That's a habit. Yep. It's not a hobby. It's a habit. Yep. I see a squirrel. (laughs) I must kill you. Uh, As a teenager. He couldn't keep an erection without killing animals and things having to do with necrophilia. I really feel like he just had erectile dysfunction and sacrificed it to Satan. I feel like that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Okay. Give me an erection, Satan. You gotta kill the squirrel first, my boy. (laughs) As an adult, Richard moved in with his mother and began accusing her of attempting to poison him. Richard's father then bought him an apartment and forced him to move out of the house. I like that his dad was like, I will pay for you to leave us the fuck alone, you crazy bastard. He does that several times. I said bastard real weird, not gonna lie. (laughs) Great's a bastard. Alone, he started killing different animals and eating them raw. I like the fact that it's different. It's like, I just did squirrels and now I house cats and shit. Oh, wait. Just wait. Yes, Riley, just wait. Yes, Riley. Uh, He then put their entrails into a blender to make smoothies. I feel like, oh for one, he half- didn't put lids on them either, so that smoothie went absolutely everywhere. So he didn't actually make a smoothie. He had, like, a shot glass left of yes. what was in there. Yes, he did. God damn it, I Richard. I like looking it off the wall. <laughs> 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 oh, my I like Riley. Off the walls. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was great. Okay, that's, that's a quote now. I'm I making, like looking it off the walls. I'm making that into a shirt. Yes. Because I have a list of, like, little things that we're gonna make into merch and that's definitely gonna do what it is i like the game he reasoned that by drinking the smoothies he was preventing his heart from shrinking it sounds like the grinch (laughs) he was afraid that if it shrank too much it would disappear and he would die Uh, that's that's not physically possible i know but he's crazy like literally nothing can actually ever disappear like atoms don't just like Poof. Case of the Grinch. <laughs> He's like the anti-Grinch because Grinch was like, "My heart is growing. Help no. me!" And this guy's like, "My heart is shrinking. Fuck, it's going to disappear and I'm gonna die out of nowhere." In 1975, okay, Richard was involuntarily committed to a mental institution after having blood poisoning, which he contracted after injecting rabbit's blood into his veins. Oh, I was gonna go. I wonder why. Yeah, this is also why you don't drink blood, because you can also Also get get blood blood poisoning. poisoning. He managed to escape and went home to his mother, where he was apprehended and taken to an institution for the criminally insane. Like, does anybody ever know, like, it is so hard to actually break out of, like, a a psych ward or, like, a mental institute. So when people are like, yeah, he just broke out, I'm like, do you know how fucking hard that shit is? It's almost impossible. Damn near. 
Good job, my dude. I'm actually quite proud of you if you're able to break out of a goddamn psych ward. He would share with the staff his fantasies about killing rabbits. Oh, I thought he was going to say he shares the smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would. Uh, he was once found with blood smeared around his mouth, or math, as this says, and was discovered to have captured two birds through the bars of his windows. Calculus! <laughs> <laughs> snapping their necks and drinking their blood. I never understood why people would do that. Let me just, like, snap your neck. Like, just just chop it off. Just, like, rip a leg off. Like, it'll still bleed the same way. Stop being, like, a movie hero. Just be like, some it's not a bottle. It's not, it doesn't twist off. Like, some killers like that uh, intimacy of snapping someone or choking someone. Yeah, but it's like a bird. Like, they think it's and, like a soda and, bottle. And he gets erections from birds, okay? <laughs> Leave him just alone. Birds. And rabbits. What about squirrels? Uh, it makes so muddy, right? the staff, <laughs> the staff began referring to him as Dracula. Blah, 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 blah. After treatments involving psychotropic drugs, Richard was psychotropic. Deemed, yes, that's what the fuck is that? I don't know. Was de- deemed no, <laughs> no longer a danger to society and was released drugs. a year after being psychedelic. <laughs> no, that's what it said. What the fuck is psychotropic? <laughs> don't. Questioning me, <laughs> Deborah. <laughs> what the fuck happened to Deborah? Or was it Donna? Was her name? It was Donna. Donna. <laughs> uh, he was released after a year of being institutionalized back into the care of his parents. His mother decided he didn't need to be on drugs and slowly weaned him off I them. I like that psychotropic just means drugs that affect a person's mental state. That's <laughs> okay. like the antidepressant pills are psychotropic. So we don't know what the fuck he is actually on. Just psychotropic. Just psych- psychotropic. Um, was acid so oh i love this next part his parents got him an apartment and when he moved out he began capturing and torturing to death rabbits dogs cats and an occasional neighbor's pet i like the fact that none of those were already neighbor's pets (laughs) yep (laughs) like there's this cat i gotta kill it at least once he called the neighbor and explained what he had done they did not call the police on him i would be so pissed and be like why and he's just like, I don't know, man. I couldn't get an erection. I had a girlfriend coming over. I just, I had to do it. And it's like, why? <laughs> I don't understand. During this time, he developed a fascination with firearms and bought several handguns. What the fuck? He became a fan of the Hillside Strangler, which I will do. So don't anybody touch this. And oh, believe that shit. the st- and believe that the Strangler was a victim of the Nazi UFO conspiracy, just like he was. I the don't. Nazi yes. UFO conspiracy. <laughs> what the actual fuck is wrong with this guy? A I lot. Like killing cats. Just wait. A lot. And I think UFOs are real. He, be- he began to lose interest in taking care of himself and stopped bathing, grooming, and brushing his teeth. He stopped eating and dropped to a weight of 145 pounds with a height of 5'11". That seems like a pretty normal weight. It's really not. Well, because when I think of, like... 145 pounds, the people I know are, like, decently short people, so I'm like, yeah, that looks like a decent weight, but someone who's, like, almost six foot, it probably makes him look like a little skeletal. Yes, actually, some of the accounts of when people saw him said that he looked like a skeleton, almost, like, walking around. That's gross. I'm between 160 and 170, like, I'm sort of in that range, and... I don't know. How tall are you? About five, six... I'll take that. Okay. 
Oh, this is great, too. In 1977, Richard rang his mother's doorbell and greeted her holding a dead cat. He threw it to the ground, knelt down, ripped its stomach open with his bare hands, and smeared the blood all over his face whilst, sc- whilst screaming. His mother calmly went back inside the house and didn't report the incident to anyone. His mom's like, he's been doing this shit since he's, like, eight. It doesn't even matter anymore. Like, I'm so <laughs> yeah. desensitized well, as fuck. I like how nobody at any, like, at all at this point throughout his life has called the police when he's done shit like that. <laughs> well, so he... Also, like, he threw it at her and then, like, put it on the ground and was like, bleh, bleh, blood. I would And she just went, okay, bye, child. and, like, just closed the door. I feel like I would actually beat my child for being that weird. I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Beating will help. Did I ever, did I beat, not beat you enough? What is wrong? Why? In August of that same year, Nevada police discovered Richard's Ford Ranchero lodged in a sand drift near Pyramid Lake. I bet it's lodged. Inside were two rifles, a pile of clothes, a bucket full of blood, and a cow liver. The officers tracked him down and found him naked and screaming in the sand, soaked head to toe in blood. When he was questioned, he said the blood was his own and had leaked through his skin. They apparently did nothing. I like the fact that oh, he's just, just like, him there. I just imagine him like four feet away, like covered in blood going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what's wrong? And he's like, it's coming through my skin. And they're like, okay, bye. It's acid. I swear to God, Jimmy, it's acid. Let's, <laughs> let's leave it alone. I don't even want to make a report on this. It's too much work. <laughs> even the police don't even want to report this shit. Like nobody's called the police. The police don't even fucking care. Like. <laughs> Sacramento. Fuck. Sacramento has weird ass shit like this all the time. They that's have so many like, murderers. That's still, I feel like that's like a normal occurrence now. Just, ah! <laughs> it's like, dude, what's wrong? My blood's coming through my skin. <sighs> okay, so on December 27th, he fired a handgun into the home of a Sacramento woman, and when police searched the house, found the slug in her kitchen, but no one was harmed. I feel so bad for everybody wearing headphones. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just thought of... (laughs) (laughs) Two days later, he shot his first victim in a drive-by. So it was Mr. Ambrose Griffin, a 51-year-old engineer and father of two, who was helping his wife bring groceries in. One of the sons said he saw a neighbor walking around with a rifle, but but when it was seized, it wasn't the same gun. Oh. January 11th, 1978, Richard asked his neighbor for a cigarette and then forcibly restrained her until she gave him an entire pack. Just like, hey, can I bum a cigarette? Sure. I said the entire pack. Oh my God, sure. Just take it. Two weeks later, he tried to enter the home of a different woman, but after finding that her doors were locked, he went into her backyard and walked away. I like that he specifically was just like, there, the there's a reason. There's a reason. The back and leave. <laughs> Richard later told police that if the doors were locked, it meant he wasn't welcome. But if they were open, then it was an invitation to come inside. I feel like that's exactly why people should lock their doors. While wandering around, he encountered Nancy Holden, who he knew from high school, and tried to get a ride from her after asking if she was the girl whose boyfriend had died in a motorcycle accident. Excuse me, let me bring up previous trauma. Hey, do you still want to give me a ride home after that? She refused to give him a ride because his hoodie was had blood stains in it. That's a good decision. Yeah. Good job, Nancy. Nancy Gray. Oh, this is a, this is a thing. Later, oh. he broke into the home of a young married couple and stole some of their valuables, urinated into a drawer of their infant's clothing, and defecated on their son's bed. <laughs> I like the fact that he's, like, specifically, like, fuck this baby. Let me just piss all over his stuff. Let me shit in his crib. Like, fuck you. 
You don't even give me erections anymore. I'm like, what? The couple came home while Richard was still in my house, and the husband attacked him, but Richard escaped. Like, he's just a skeletal dude. I just imagine him, like, dancing away, just like, no! <laughs> like, escaping, and I'm like, why? <laughs> Richard continued to enter homes and came across the home of David and Teresa Wallen. Teresa. David was at work, and Teresa was three months pregnant, taking out the garbage, and therefore had her front door unlocked. Richard surprised her and shot her three times, once in the hand, which was defensive, and twice in the head. He then dragged her body to her bedroom and raped it while repeatedly stabbing it with a butcher knife. Cats weren't enough anymore, man. When he was finished, he split the corpse open and removed several of her internal organs, using a bucket to collect the blood and then taking it in the bathroom to bathe in it. He then sliced off her nipple and drank her blood using an empty yogurt container as a glass. I like that he was just like, pinched it and was like, <laughs> let me just crack open a cold one for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> not cool, Amber, not cool. Memes for days. <laughs> sure. Before leaving, he went into the yard, found a pile of dog shit, and returned to stuff it into the corpse's mouth and throat. Because fuck this woman. <laughs> Did he like just... Leave the baby inside. He's like, I'll take all of your organs, but that little piece of shit can stay in there. Yes, apparently. <laughs> Goddamn. Two days after killing Teresa, Richard purchased two puppies from a neighbor, which he killed and drank the blood of before leaving the bodies on the neighbor's front lawn. The neighbor did nothing. Oh my god. Four days after that, he entered the home of a 38-year-old Evelyn Murray. nobody called the police about it. I guess them. not. Jesus Who Christ. is babysitting her 11-month-old nephew. Also in the house was Evelyn's six-year-old Jason and Dan Meredith, a neighbor that had come over to check on the family. Evelyn was in the bath while Dan watched the kids. He went to the front hallway when Richard entered the home and was shot in the head at point blank. Richard then stole Dan's wallet and car keys. Jason ran into his mother's bedroom where Richard shot him in the head twice, also point blank. While chasing Jason, he also shot the baby in the head. Richard then entered the bathroom and shot Evelyn in the head once. He dragged her corpse onto the bed where he simultaneously raped and drank drank its blood from a series of slices to the back of her neck. Medical examiners found an unusual amount of semen in the body, leading to the conclusion that he had multiple orgasms or raped her more than once. That's really gross. But I was also thinking, like, this must be so normal for people to see this dude covered in blood because he bathed and then I'm assuming he just, like, left. Like, the previous one to this... He's just like, I'm just going to bathe in your blood, and then, like, walk out of the house, like, covered in blood. People are like, hi. Good morning. Nice to see you, Richard. How's it going? <laughs> Drinking blood cat. again? And oh, like, yep. no, it was Teresa in the back, and she's like, oh, oh okay. Guess we'll never have that baby. When he was done, he stabbed her at least half a dozen times in the anus, the knife penetrating her uterus. That's really sad, but it's also like, is it a long knife? Is it a butcher knife? Is it just I like, don't know. I want to know what kind of knife he used. He it's stabbed her really in a series of vital points, which caused the blood from her internal organs to pool in her abdomen, which he then sliced open and drained into a bucket. He drank all of the blood. He's going to have blood poisoning as well as how big is this goddamn bucket? I don't know. Is it like a cooler size? Is it just like a little like sand bucket? Like, I want to know. He then retrieved the baby's corpse. Took it to the bathroom and split its skull open in the bathtub and consumed some of the brain matter. What the actual fuck, dude? <laughs> that is... It's a baby. <laughs> Outside a six-year-old... a baseball-sized head. What you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Outside a six-year-old that Jason had a playdate with knocked on the door, startling Richard. He fled the residence, stealing Dan Meredith's car and the, go- 
and the girl, the ghoul, told the neighbor. Richard took the baby's body with him and went home, chopped off the baby's penis, and used it as a straw to suck the blood out of the body. <laughs> I feel like that's a really inefficient straw. I agree with you. I was thinking that as I wrote it. I was... That makes no sense. Like, I feel like that was so inefficient. As well as, like, baby penises are, like, this big. How big is your cup? I don't understand. He then sliced the corpse open and consumed several of the internal organs and made smoothies out of others, finally disposing of the corpse near a church. But none of these are, like, developed organs. I feel like they'd be shitty. Like, don't you want something well-developed? I don't don't think he cares, Amber. But, like, I don't know. I feel like everything tastes better when it's developed. Like fruit. I feel like I'm really questioning some things about our friendship right now, so I'm just going to continue. Five days after the mass murder, Nancy Holden contacted the police after hearing... finally. After hearing a description of the killer, the police went to Richard's apartment to speak with him. He refused, and the police hid down the hallway and waited for Richard to leave, arresting him when he left the apartment with a blood-stained box and covered in blood. In the box were pieces of blood-soaked wallpaper and the gun he committed the murders with. When asked, he said he had recently killed several dogs, but when they searched his person, he had Dan Meredith's wallet. I like that he used the killing of several dogs as, like, a An normal excuse. excuse. Yeah. Like, I just shot a bunch of dogs, man. I don't like, know. Like, I don't know, yeah. The wallet's what got him. If he would have just left the goddamn wallet, he would have been fine. Damn it, Richard. The police then performed a search of the apartment. They found the walls, floor ceiling, refrigerator, and all of Richard's eating and drinking utensils soaked in blood. It's the dogs, I swear. (laughs) On the counter was the blender he used to make smoothies, and it was caked in coagulated blood and the rotting matter of internal organs. Inside the refrigerator were several animal body parts wrapped in aluminum foil, the baby's brain in a Tupperware with pieces of his body wrapped in saran wrap, and several of Evelyn and Teresa's internal organs. On the counter were several pet collars, and on his kitchen table, he had spread out numerous diagrams depicting various aspects of human biology. At least he was, like, smart and was like, what places shall I stab them for the most blood? He was like, I'm gonna learn while I do this. At least he wasn't, like, dumb. Uh, He was dumb. He was dumb. In 1979, Richard stood trial on six counts of murder. In order to avoid the death penalty, he tried to be found guilty of second-degree murder, which would result in a life sentence. The case hinged on Richard's history of mental illness and lack of planning in his crimes, evidence that they weren't premeditated. He was found guilty and given the penalty of death in gas chamber. All the other inmates were terrified of Richard and often tried to get him to commit suicide because they were too afraid to kill him themselves. I would just leave the motherfucker alone. Like, I'll just play chess with you. We're cool. It's fine. I'll give you a yogurt cup to kill Billy over there. It's all cool. (laughs) I'll give you a yogurt cup to kill Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I don't understand. He had an interview with a reporter and handed him a large amount of macaroni and cheese, which he had been hoarding in his pants pockets. (laughs) 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 Believe <laughs> Believing that the prison officials were in league with the Nazis and attempting to kill him. I don't want the mac and cheese. <laughs> Do you want the mac and cheese? Please, Please. take the mac and cheese. It's poisoned. <laughs> On de- December 26, 1980, he was found dead in his cell after overdosing on prison antidepressants that he had been saving. He also kept them in his pockets <laughs> along with, with his macaroni. macaroni. <laughs> yeah. I'm saving it. <laughs> my question his so, pockets like huge <laughs> yeah. like soaked in macaroni 
What is that? Don't question me. <laughs> it's my macaroni. <laughs> I would definitely like... Well, and he's got to be in the lunchroom. You know, they're having lunch and people just see him scoop it with his hand and like tuck it in his pockets when that doesn't fit. They just yeah, like put it down his pants like, and in his shirt, you know? They're like, just all terrified of him. But like imagine, become if you're in prison with someone like that, become friends. Be like, hey, dude, I will give you all of my antidepressants and macaroni if you'll kill Billy over there. He's kind of being an asshole. And I heard you I don't want to stay here longer. And I heard that's your favorite. Yeah, and I don't want to stay here longer for murder, so you kill him. You're already going to die. You kill him. I'll give you whatever you want. Yogurt, more macaroni, I got you. fine. Yeah. <laughs> you, want, you want more macaroni? It is all yours. I hate that shit anyways. It's not even macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> what is it then? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's... Poison. Fuck. I don't know. Okay. Well, you know how like it's like school pizza is not actual like pizza. Macaroni is not actual. The macaroni. mystery meat. <laughs> Honestly, when we said that he had like macaroni in his pockets, for some reason I immediately thought of like just the like uncooked noodles just like pulled those oh, out that's exactly I like, what i thought first no no, like, no. Just walking around giant maraca <laughs> <laughs> nope macaroni and cheese it is macaroni and cheese it is wet sticky weirdness in that his pocket it's gotta be molded as fuck so he just pulls it out please it's in a little ball please reporter save me from the nazis join me <laughs> <laughs> join me get me out he just like pulls it out and it's on a little plate spelling heil hitler be friends <laughs> Well, he was afraid of the Nazis, so I don't think he'd be Heil Hitler. He's trying to make him like him. He wants friends. He He's not ever going to have any friends. I, I just can't believe they only called the police on his ass once. If I saw somebody covered in blood and they're just, like, throwing a cat at their mom, like, screaming, I would call the police. <laughs> and then move Everybody very else far just away. went, oh, Richard. They're like, oh, God. Not like this that again. that one movie where it's the little purple alien O. I just want to imagine, I just want to imagine that, like, you know, the doorbell rings because the door is locked, and they go up to look, and it's a whole family, and they're like, who's out there? And they're like, oh, it's Richard. Richard's out there. And they're like, don't open the door. Don't do it. Does he have a cat? Don't open that door. He might have a cat again. Don't open that. (laughs) They're just like, he like, seeing blood on Richard so normal. Like, he had a hoodie with blood stains, and she's like, yeah, I'll have a normal conversation, but you're not going to get in my car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something, like, he's got something in his hoodie pocket. Should I open? No! No! Don't open the door! Like, God damn it! I feel like everybody was just like, oh, it's Richard. And somebody, like, people that are, like, visiting are like, he's covered in blood. And they're like, it's normal. Don't even worry about it. It's just Richard. <laughs> it's just Richard. That There's always that one person in town that just, they do crazy shit and you don't question it. <laughs> <laughs> Not even when people disappear. <laughs> they're like... I guess I don't have to buy a gift for that baby shower for Teresa. I guess fucking not. It saves me money. Thanks, Richard. <laughs> they just, like, leave little gifts and presents of, like, cats and things, like, on his doorstep. Like, please don't murder me tomorrow. Right. Please this choose This dog is shit in this house one too many times. Outside <laughs> you go. Hey, Richard, I just want to let you know there's a shit ton of dogs outside right now. Just give go me ahead a little take location. Them. Yeah, yeah. Feel free. They're yours. They're all yours. <laughs> Smoothies, whatever. I don't even what care. What happens when your kid has a gerbil and you just don't want it anymore? Richard! <laughs> Richard! I have a snack. Do you want a snack? It's gerbil. Okay, now that we've been going on for this for forever, uh, that was a special episode of Justifiable. Justifiable! Episode, episode six. six. 
We had know. Riley, our friend, here to help us. Are we going to do a movie edition question? Uh, not in this episode. Well, not in this episode, no, but, like, just today. Is we a- can always talk about this when we're done recording this episode, Amber. We no! don't have to talk about There's it when we get here. Interesting. Bye. Uh...